0: This morning, I want to talk with you about thanksgiving, both how thanksgiving should be a part of our lives as Christian men and women, and also about what we call in our culture today, Thanksgiving Day. The scriptures are clear that we are to give thanks unto the Lord for his provision, for his goodness, for his deeds, for one another, and for a host of other reasons. We are to give thanks to him. When we read the scriptures, in fact, the scriptures speak of giving thanks over 100 times. Paul has a thanksgiving section in 11 of his 13 epistles. One of them is in the book of Romans, and I wanted you to open up there to Romans chapter 1. And the thanksgiving is actually verses 8 through 15. Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 15. But I'm only going to read to you verse 8. Verse 8 says simply, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Paul is thankful for the Romans and for their faith in Jesus Christ. He's thankful for these Christians. And he's thankful that they're making Christ known throughout the earth. Thankfulness is a characteristic of the Christian life. In fact, a lack of thankfulness to the Lord is a characteristic of the non-Christian. Thankfulness is Christian thinking. A lack of thankfulness is non-Christian thinking. How do we know this? We'll just stay here in Romans 1 and look at verses 18 through 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And then look what it says. Nor were thankful. Nor were thankful. But became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. A characteristic of a Christian man or woman is thankfulness to the Lord. A characteristic of a non-Christian or a pagan is a lack of thankfulness to the Lord. Unthankfulness to the Lord. Ingratitude, unthankfulness is pagan thinking. It is a pagan characteristic. Thankfulness, gratitude is Christian thinking. It is a Christian characteristic. Now listen, this is massively important what I'm about to say to you. As I've taught before, The Christian mind or worldview and the pagan mind or worldview are so completely different. The outlook each has is so completely different. The pagan may be thankful because he has taught that it is simply a good virtue. The pagan may show gratitude because he has taught how much good it does for himself and his health. But we do so because we know him because his scriptures teach us to be thankful to him and for one another. Our Christian faith teaches us to do this. It is embedded at our very presuppositional level. Our whole worldview, our whole outlook is so massively different than the pagans. The Christian faith impacts us so mightily even in this aspect of our lives that Just how we view gratitude, thankfulness, is massively different than the unbelievers. Even when they have gratitude or thankfulness, they don't have it naturally because of their faith in Christ. It's something they're taught to possess, again, for their own self-aggrandizement because it's a good virtue to demonstrate or because it does well for you psychologically and health-wise. To be thankful and have gratitude. That Just saying I am thankful, we should be thankful, means nothing. And that's where the vast majority of Americans are at now. Just listen to their message. Be thankful. It means nothing. Be thankful to the Lord. That means everything. That has meaning. The first is futile. The second has meaning the first is just humanist sentiment the second is biblical fact everything about us as christian people is massively impacted by christ and the thinking of scripture our our whole approach to life and thought is totally different than the pagans thinking at the presuppositional level and i've talked about this in the past and if you want to know more about what I'm talking about, because I like, this is just to throw out the jewel to you to seek more out of what I've just said, you can listen to my sermon on presuppositions, which is at sermonaudio.com, where I go through the six presuppositional matters that develop each person's, whether Christian or non-Christian's worldview and how you see the Christian faith massively alters one's perception of reality and life in every aspect of life. Thankfulness is rooted in our Christian faith. And understand this also, the day of thankfulness, what we call Thanksgiving Day here in America, is also rooted in thankfulness to the Lord. Thanksgiving Day, being established as a nationally recognized holiday, could be credited to one person, namely one Sarah Hale, H-A-L-E. She lived from 1788 to 1879, 90 years. She did a lot of stuff during her lifetime. She spent 17 years campaigning for the day to be officially recognized by the government. For Thanksgiving Day, to be officially recognized by the government. 17 years. That's just one of the things she did. Sarah Hale had five children, all born between 1815 and 1822, and would have likely had many more, but her husband David died in 1822. She never remarried. She deeply loved him, and she could not marry another. And she wrote about it. By the way, does anyone know anything else Sarah Hale is famous for? Raise your hand. If you know something else Mary Hale is famous for. Because there's numerous other things she's well known for. She's the one who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb. Anybody ever hear that? Little nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. Sarah Hale wrote that Rhyme, amongst others, what else did Mary Hale do? She was the one responsible for the monument at Bunker Hill, to remember the Battle of Bunker Hill. She was a Christian and ardently opposed slavery. And my personal favorite about her, she opposed women's suffrage and preferred, as she put it, the, quote, secret, silent influence of women to sway men. When I read that, it reminded me of The Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is a miserable movie and not worth watching, but everybody thought it was great, so I watched it one time, and I was like, this movie's awful, and it's really dumb, and it's like a chick flick. And uh, so I was like, totally disinterested in it, but I always come away with one great line out of every movie. I don't care what movie it is. And the best line of that whole movie is where all these females are gathered together and they're conspiring to get something accomplished. And the one female points out, you know, this, this is, these are daughter-in-laws, daughters, and the wife. And the one woman points out, she says, well, but wait a minute. I forget what the guy's name is, but the patriarch, the father. he He won't go along with this. And he's the head. So we have to... Uh, Respect that. And the wife, she looks at them all. She's the oldest amongst all these females. She looks at them all and she says, oh yes, the man is the head. But the woman, she is the neck. And the neck turns the head. (laughs) And I must have laughed for 20 minutes because there's so much truth in that it's not even funny. And the woman does turn the man's head, whether for good or for evil. And, uh, yeah, so when she talked about the secret, silent influence of women, I immediately thought of that big fat Greek wedding scene. Nowadays, Sarah Hale is derided by comments made by scholars like, quote, in her work, however, she reinforced stereotypical gender roles, specifically domestic roles for women, unquote. Horror of horrors. I guess because feminism has worked so well, right? (laughs) That we have to berate her for such things. Sarah Hale pointed to George Washington's Thanksgiving proclamation of 1789 as the foundation of her 17-year campaign for a recognized national annual day of Thanksgiving. Here is what President Washington issued that she pushed everywhere trying to influence government officials to make this day of thanksgiving an annual event. Washington published this on October 3rd, of 1789, I believe, is when the date was. Yes. It says, Where is It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks." for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence, which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty, which we have since enjoyed, for the peace and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish Constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted, for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general for all the great and various favors which he has been pleased to confer upon us. And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations, and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions, to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws. That's long been lost. Discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as have shown kindness unto us, and to bless them with good government, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best." given under my hand at the city of New York the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789. That was George Washington. So yes, thankfulness to the Lord is rooted in our Christian faith and Thanksgiving Day is rooted in thankfulness to the Lord. Not just some sentimental humanist hogwash of being thankful. It's rooted in thankfulness to the Lord. Sarah Hale wrote to five presidents to try and get them on board because this matter had died out as the years went by of giving thanks to the Lord. And Sarah Hale wrote to five presidents to try and get them on board with the day of Thanksgiving, an annual day of Thanksgiving. She wrote to President Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, and James Buchanan, but it wasn't until she wrote to the 5th that she received a response. The first four didn't even reply to her. This was before the days of form letters being issued by government officials. Lincoln did respond, and he established the last Thursday of November as a day of Thanksgiving, and he stated on October 3rd, 1863, the same date... October 3rd, that George Washington had given his proclamation of thanksgiving unto the Lord. And this is what he issued, a proclamation. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. He then takes some time to talk about the war. This is 1863. And then he continues, No human counsel has devised nor has any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea, and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience. Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. There had to have been a minister who wrote this a biblical minister, not the toadies we have filling pulpits today. In testimony whereof I have here unto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1,000 in the year of our Lord, 1,863 and of the independence of the United States, the 88th Abraham Lincoln. Again, Thankfulness to the Lord is rooted in our Christian faith and Thanksgiving Day is rooted in thankfulness to the Lord. To the Lord. Understand also, this matter of thanksgiving by the American people to the Lord was not introduced by the government. Rather, it was long practiced by the American people as part of their makeup as a Christian people Many areas had their own observances before there became one of a national observance, regularly, every year. This government simply recognized it and called for it. As rightly they should, as Romans 13 makes clear, they are the Lord's ministers, and therefore they should govern according to his rule. They are to make law that upholds the law and word of God. That is a radical thought even for Christian people today that the duty of the magistrates is to uphold the law and word of God. That is their duty. They are not to make law or uphold law which impugns his law or word. All the early presidents called for a day of thanksgiving to the Lord, not just Washington. John Adams, the second president, did. Thomas Jefferson, the third president, did. James Madison, the fourth president, did. Even Congress itself did in 1778 and 1783, as well as calling upon Washington to decree it in 1789. But then it fell out, and it wasn't until Sarah Hale came along and began to want to make it a campaign Where those in national government would recognize thanksgiving to God. And of course now we know we have a national government that thinks it is God. As it's long fallen out. What Sarah Hale hoped to do by making this a national day, they, men who hate God can destroy anything. That's good. So they keep thankful, but they remove to the Lord in their little secular humanist hell that they've created for Americans to live in, in all its futility, in all its emptiness. And people don't know him. And that's why it's so incumbent upon us to bring Christ to men. With a few deviations, once Lincoln picked a day of thanksgiving to the Lord... Precedent was followed annually by every subsequent president until 1939. In 1939, Franklin D. Roosevelt departed from tradition by declaring November 23rd the next to last Thursday that year as Thanksgiving Day. Remember, it had always been the last Thursday? He wanted to make it the second from last. And we all know what a leftist dog FDR was. When they came out with his statue at Washington, D.C., I happened to be coming through about two months after that, he has the biggest memorial out of all the presidents in Washington, D.C., not size-wise of the structure, but real estate-wise. It's the biggest. There's more land devoted to him and Eleanor, his wife, than any of the other presidents, and with people standing all there and a ranger here and a ranger over there, Machuella walked up and spit on the face of his statue because it was only 12 feet tall and I could spit that high then. Don't know if I could spit that high anymore. And I didn't care who saw me. You know how young people are once they saw Pastor Matt spit on FDR because I'd already given him a speech what a dog he was before we got there. Then the young people started spitting on the statue. I'm like, okay, um, You know, it's like, okay. So I took a picture of the statue, and there's like all these goobers of spit all over it. (laughs) All the other Americans staying there, nobody said one word like good Americans. Didn't say a word. And I mean that deridingly, like good Americans. Because that's what most Americans are now, totally indifferent to anything, including someone spitting on a statue there in Washington, D.C., The rangers must have been blinded by God because they never came over and said anything. And don't worry, I've become more respectable in my older age, but I do still have more of that fire in my soul and may God help me burn with the days I have left at the proper moments to do so. In 1939, Franklin D. Roosevelt departed from tradition by declaring November 23rd, the next, to last Thursday, that year's Thanksgiving Day, considerable controversy surrounded this deviation. And some Americans refused to honor Roosevelt's declaration. For the next two years, Roosevelt repeated the unpopular proclamation, but on November 26, 1941, historians say, he admitted his mistake and signed a bill into law officially making the fourth Thursday of November the national holiday of Thanksgiving Day. And that's where we all live now, in the midst of that. Thanksgiving Day is under attack now by two groups. The secularists who want to trivialize it into a turkey day and gut any mention or thought of God or giving thanks to the Lord. And it's also under attack by the leftists who want to destroy it and or perhaps change it to a day of genocide. And they all have a love affair with socialism, so we all know the history of socialism and where it ends up. They arrogantly, of course, say, it's only because there haven't been good enough men come forward yet so that socialism can work in all their stupidity and ignorance. Bernie has all his young bucks all surrounding him, the dopey old dude with all these dopey young people all around him, living in a fantasy land. Read history, you boneheads. Perhaps the socialists would like to transform it not to a day of genocide like the leftists, but they would like to change it to a day of starvation because that's where you end up. And even the pilgrims who came here figured that out because they were brought here under communal, socialistic, communistic model. The company who paid for them all to come wanted to make money and told them they all did everything equally and owned everything equally. Well, the Indians have a saying. If everyone's in charge of the canoe, the canoe sinks. That's how life works. And so they found out, and William Bradford, who was a Christian man, had enough sense to see, after they almost all died the first winter, because socialism never works, that he gave private property. And then the next year, there was bountiful plenty, and the first Thanksgiving took place. So these people want to lie, and you must confront them with truth and facts. You don't allow leftists to lie. You don't allow socialists to lie. They are evil, arrogant people. I grew up in Detroit, places loaded with socialists, communists, leftists. You have to confront them. They're like the bully on the schoolyard. Till someone confronts him, he's going to keep pushing and bullying. You have to risk something and say something. And not be silent. And personally, I don't know how you can be silent when you see stuff like this. So they want to change it to a day of genocide, you know, because Europeans came here to commit genocide against the indigenous people. That was the whole plan. You know how historically ignorant that is? And that is what they believe. And they'll tell it to you. I've been on the university with tears, females with tears running down their face, telling you the idiocy they've been taught by the professors who have been educated beyond their intelligence. They've already done this with Columbus Day. They aim to do it with Thanksgiving Day. Understand, in the end, they are at war with Thanksgiving Day because they are at war with Christ They hate Thanksgiving Day because they hate Christ. They desire to wipe Christ and Christianity from men's thoughts. That is what they aim to do. That is what motivates them. That is who they're at war with. On a practical level, let me tell all of you young people the importance of thankfulness on a very practical level. When someone does something nice for you or gives you something, take a moment to write a note of thanks to them. It's the decent and Christian thing to do. Did you notice this last week that the Hong Kong protesters were all cheering about Thanksgiving Day and that many of them had scripture verses talking about not just being thankful, but thankful to the Lord. And they were thankful for our nation, for what had been done this past week, in support of their efforts, which China is completely ticked off about at this point. When we are true to Christ, people see it. They see us as a Christian people and it impacts them and points them to him. Amen? Even at a national level, for good or for evil. For good or for bad. And Lord knows the United States has been involved in too much bad for decades and decades now. It was good to see this over in Hong Kong. I want to end with these verses which call upon us to give thanks to the Lord. Do you know Jesus himself gave thanks to the Father? In Matthew 11:25? the scripture reads, At that time Jesus answered and said, quote, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Unquote. In Romans 6.17, the Apostle Paul expresses thanks. He says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin. Amen? Thankfulness is a biblical thing. We're commanded to do it. Our text, Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful. That's a command. Be thankful. That's a command. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalm 50, verse 14, commands us, offer to God thanksgiving. It commands us, quote, offer to God thanksgiving, unquote. Psalm 107, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Amen? Thanksgiving is a part of the Christian life. Thankfulness to the Lord is rooted in our Christian faith. And Thanksgiving Day is rooted in thankfulness to the Lord. Let's stand up. We'll close in a word of prayer. Hallelujah, Father. Lord, we rejoice in you and give thanks to you for this time that we have had here in your scriptures. And we thank you for this time that we've had here to consider the history of Thanksgiving Day. And Lord, I ask and pray that you use what was preached here for good in the heart and mind of each one, that you would use it to cause within each one a desire to know you more and to love you deeper and to serve you more faithfully in the earth. I pray and ask that each of us see the importance of being thankful to our spouse, to our children, to one another. That we would see the importance of being thankful to you, that when we pray before we eat our food, that we would not just be doing some religious observance, but that there would be true thankfulness in our heart, that you are our provider, that it's not the government, that it's not the riches that men have created, but it's you. You are our provider. And we are thankful to you for your provision, for what you have given us to eat. And Lord, we live in a, as Ernie had said earlier, a day of vast wealth where so many just take it all for granted now. Lord, may we never, never take it for granted. May we read history. May we understand the days we live in. And the dangers of these days, with all the wealth and ease. And may we look at other days and at what men had to endure, and be thankful. Yes, thankful for your provision in our day, as you are our provider. And Lord, we look and look to you, and we praise you, and we ask that you would be glorified through our lives this coming week and the days ahead, and that we would pursue pursue you in prayer, and in the reading of your word. May we not neglect this as individuals. May we not neglect this in our homes. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Could be seated. And we're going to take communion at this time. And you can feel free to take communion with us as long as you're a Christian. You don't have to be a member of, or anything like that of this church to partake at the Lord's table here. Just a Christian. Just a Christian. But if you're not a Christian, please do not take communion as the Lord's table is only for believers to observe. And the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11 about the Lord's table. And we know from history, this is how they did it. They would do it every week. And they would have a literal meal. It wasn't just this little thimble of, you know, fruit of the vine and this, little piece of bread like I'm showing you was an actual literal meal that they would partake in. But nevertheless, we observe it. Amen? Because what's important isn't the exact form in which it was done, but the reason for which it was done. And the reason for which it was done to remind us that we're saved through Christ only. Only and alone. Because when we're at his table, we see there's only two elements here. Here's the table. Fruit of the vine representing his shed blood. Bread representing his body. Notice there's nothing else at this table. There isn't a list of all our good works or a list of all our holy deeds. The good works and holy deeds are the result of our saving faith in Christ. The evidence or the fruit of our saving faith in Christ. In other words, we don't do those things to obtain God's acceptance. Rather, we do them because we have obtained his acceptance. The sole means whereby we obtain his acceptance is through Christ alone, whether we've been a Christian for five seconds or 55 years. And the Apostle Paul wrote of this. He said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, Paul says, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. This is the sole means whereby we're accepted of God. It's the substitutionary, propitiatory work of Christ at Calvary. We should have been put to death for our sins. That would have been just but God in his mercy sent his son to die in our stead so that if a man will turn from his sins and believe in Christ, God will forgive him of his sins and give him access to himself. We can meet with God through Christ. That's why we call this a great salvation. May Christ be praised. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time at your table. We ask that you be glorified here that we would think well on this great salvation, that we would understand our duty as your ambassadors in this earth to make known to men your holy law, your word, and this great salvation. Use us in this way, I pray, and ask, O God, may we not shirk this responsibility, but may we do it out of love for you, out of love for neighbor. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and we'll close in a word of prayer. Blessed is your name, O Lord. I'll praise and honor unto you, O God. Blessed is your holy name, O Lord. Father, I ask and pray now that you, O Lord, would watch over each one here. I pray that each one would experience goodness with friends and family, as hopefully they have on this Thanksgiving weekend, that they would experience this more in the days ahead. I ask and pray that we would understand the goodness of fellowship as Christian men and women, and that we would enjoy each other's company and discussing the things of you. Lord, build up this congregation in the faith. Give us all hearts hungry for you, and may you be glorified in our individual lives, and in our homes. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless you.